Well, we've been doing a summer series in the book of Proverbs, and we're nearly at the end. We've got a couple more weeks to go. Um, but this morning, uh, our guest speaker, at massive expense, <laughs> is, um, is Andy Hyder. Um, come on, Andy. Um, by the way, if you're in the youth, there is no youth this morning, as I said at the beginning, but you'll be pleased to know this man is a very experienced youth leader, youth worker. Yeah, very experienced. So he's going to be... Um, in fact, I have a little list here of all the things that Andy does oh. in the church, and this is just the ones that I know about. Um, Andy is a drummer, he's a party organiser, a DJ, a quiz master, a life group leader and encourager, has been a youth leader, in his job he works with young people, and he's a great communicator. I'm so looking forward to everything you've got to share. Thanks. Over to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure then. Uh, uh, good morning. Uh, really, really good to be here. I'm just going to pray before I start. Um, let's pray. Lord, just thank you for this morning. Just pray that you'll be uh, with me now as I speak. Lord, use the words that you want me to use this morning. May hearts be open this morning to what you have to say to people. And just come by your spirit now and speak to us. Amen. So as um, Nigel said, I, have, um, I used to be the youth worker here at the church um, about uh, 10 years ago or so, feeling quite old. Uh, and uh, as um, Paul was speaking last week, he's the current youth worker, took the uh, guys to Soul Survivor. Uh, we used to do, to do that as well. We used to sort of deal with the young people like Will and Chris Law and the, uh, you know, the Hibbert Hinkstons, Johnny Hibbert Hinkston, who's now out somewhere in Kakistan. Uh, so, um, yeah, fantastic. We used to take them to Soul Survivor every year. Now, this year that we went, about 10 years ago, uh, they cancelled the, uh, the festival in Somerset and instead uh, they did a thing in London called Soul in the City where thousands of young people descended on London doing different projects around uh, estates and stuff. And... Um, I went up with a group from uh, Winch of Vineyard Church and uh, we were staying in sort of a field somewhere in North London, camping there. And then we used to travel into London every morning uh, to do this project on this estate, working with kids and that sort of stuff. Well, uh, I got to know this group of about 20 people. They were from different youth groups around the uh, country and I was kind of responsible for them and we used to get them on the tube every morning. It was a pretty hair-raising uh, situation in London. It was kind of during the week as well, so everybody was out on the tubes. Anyway, I got to uh, talk to this uh, couple of girls in the group, and we're on the tube, and I said to one of them, I said, um, do you want to do something really fun this morning? She went, yeah, yeah, go for it. So I said, do you want to do the angry game? I was like, she was like, what? What was the angry game? I said, it's, it's an angry game. It's really good fun. What we'll do is when we get off the tube at the next station, okay, with all hundreds of people getting off as well, I'm going to unleash my anger at you. Just absolutely tear you to bits, okay? And just watch what happens with the rest of the people on the platform. She says, are you serious? I said, yeah, go for it, it'll be great. She said, you're bonkers. I said, yeah, I know, it's great. Go for it, it'll be fine. She said, all right, let's do it. So next train, station, doors open, and we uh, exit the train. Hundreds of people get off the tube as well, all very busy going off the tube. And as we're going up the platform, I tap on the shoulder, and I just go to her, how dare you? How dare you speak to me like that? Do you have no respect for me? I just did that in front of her. And she's shaking. And I'm not joking. Every single person on that platform stopped. Mouths open. You know what it's like in Britain? Anything that goes, ooh, look, look. It's like, it's like time stood still. And everybody's staring at this girl. And she's shaking. She's like, oh. But she was brilliant. She just turned around and went, well, you're not my dad anyway. And she walked off. I was like... I was absolutely wet myself, and everyone's like, oh, it's, it's a joke, it's a joke, it's a joke, move on. Everybody just carried on their day. But it's so funny, so funny. Uh, but um, 
the reality is, uh, and I'm talking about anger this morning, the reality is, is that, um, uh, you know, actually anger is very destructive. And a lot of us live with anger in our lives. Either stuff that we're trying to deal with and our anger, or we might be living with someone who's very angry, or we might know people who are very angry at work or at school, whatever it might be. And therefore it becomes quite difficult. Um, as Nigel said, we've been doing this series called Wisdom Making Life Works. We're looking at different proverbs. We've had a, get, a number of guest speakers over the summer. And today we're just going to focus on some of those passages in Proverbs that deal with anger and how do we cope with that uh, as, as a church. Um, one thing we've also been saying is that there's three ways of looking at this. There's looking to God for our guidance and, uh, and, and speaking to him and hearing from him. And we'll be doing most of that today as well. But it's also looking at the Bible, as we're going to be doing today as well, looking at the Proverbs, looking at what the Bible has to say to us. Now, the Bible's had a bit of a rough ride recently with a number of things going on in the world. Um, but as Christians, we have to hold firm to the Bible. It is, it is our lifeline, as it were. Yes, we follow Jesus, but we have to really uphold the Bible as well at the same time. And also, it's good to speak to others, as we've been saying as well. It's good to get wisdom from other people. And we've got some fantastic people in this church who are very, very wise. And it's great to relate to, to see what they have to say as well. So we'll be doing all three of those things this morning. But I've titled my, uh, my talk, Get a Grip. Get a Grip. And believe me, this morning, uh, and in fact this week, God's got a bit of a sense of humour, because he's been testing my anger. <laughs> I arrived at 10 o'clock this morning, stuck my memory stick into the computer at the back, Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So I then drive home uh, in Hursley, keeping to the speed limit. Kind of. And of course, every single slow driver is in front of me, just pulling out. And I'm like, come on, seriously, I'm talking about anger. Calm, calm. Uh, but we've managed to get back in time. So, and this week has been, you know, it's, particularly with me and Ali, we have a, an interesting relationship sometimes, particularly when one of us is leading worship or one of us is doing something on a Sunday. It seems to be more attacks through the week. So bless, bless her this morning as well. <laughs> no, no, I mean that. I mean that. Um, we live in a world that's full of anger, don't we? Right the way back from John McEnroe losing his temper on the tennis courts to Angry Birds, the massive app that's been uh, sold out in the whole world, you know, Incredible Hulk. And particularly, um, you know, I work at secondary school in Winchester and the young people, particularly the boys that are just absolutely saturated in angry video games and uh, uh, Xbox and that sort of stuff. You know, Call of Duty and uh, um, Grand Theft Auto and all these games that you, you may not have seen, but are just fueling anger. And I've particularly seen a rise in that in particularly young men at school, just kind of whacking lockers. And uh, we had a guy about five or six years ago who had such a troubled life, but actually he just was so angry. And one day he had an argument with one of his friends or whatever on the top floor of this uh, building and threw a chair out of the window, shattering all the glass. Fortunately, nobody got hurt, but just the fueling of anger. Um, it is unbelievable. Even, you know, my, my kids are really into Frozen at the moment, the dis- latest Disney movie. And, and even watching Frozen, you know, the main character has kind of got this thing on her where when she gets angry, she unleashes all this ice and that sort of stuff. And it's this, it's kind of, we, we live with it in as well, don't we? we? Everything is involving around anger. So this, this morning, is very much a learning curve for myself. It's something that I'm trying to do better with in trying to control my anger. And I hope that today you'll be able to take something away for you. And we're going to be talking very practical things as well later on as well. So hopefully you'll get something from this morning. 
So just turn to the person next door to you. You've got 30 seconds. I want you to tell them something that makes you angry. If you want to really pick the biggest thing that makes you angry, 30 seconds, go. Okay, back in the house. I wonder, I wonder what you said. I wonder whether uh, some of you have got similar things. I've picked up here my top 10 uh, things that make me angry. And I apologise now if some of the things that I'm about to say, you do. Okay? <laughs> it's got nothing against you personally. These are just some of the things that I struggle with in regards to anger. See if you agree with these or disagree with these. First of all, uh, middle lane drivers. Middle lane drivers. What are you doing? Get over! There's three lanes, okay? You can't have the whole of the motorway. Just get over. I don't know why I get angry at that. I just, I, you can go into the fast lane and overtake them. But no, I have to just stand right behind them. Over! Oh, flash! Over! Oblivious. Number two, um, I've used Lady Gaga, uh, Lady Gaga as a bit of a, um, an illustration, but pop stars that have such an influence over young people but really don't live life the way that they could do. Uh, Lady Gaga's just one person. You know, there's some great songs, but they're not great songs. We look at the lyrics and you look at what she does. And yes, she stands up for bullies. That's, that's a kind of little tagline. But there's a whole load of other stuff that's just so influential of young people. That makes me very angry as well. Uh, number three, mess. And I'm not looking at my wife. Okay? <laughs> I can't stand mess. I really can't stand it. Uh, I have an office at school, and sometimes when people use the office and they move all my things around, and like, I've got everything in a place, a little bit OCD, but a little bit in a place, just coming to move it around, can't stand that one as well. Apologise if anyone does this, but people who smoke in front of their kids, okay? Again, f- I find that very irritating. Apologies if, apologies if you do smoke in front of your kids, it's your choice, but for me, I find it very angry, I'm just being very honest. Uh, People who aren't on time. And when they arrive, they don't apologise for being late. The meeting's at 10, not 10.30. And they just rack up and like, oh, hi. It's 10.30. I've been waiting. Up. don't know. Let it go. Let it go. Anyway. 12As. What is 12A all about? I went to see a 12A last week, Expendables 3, with my son, Harry, who is 15 years old. I could have taken my son, Louis, who's eight, because 12A means you are 12 years old to go on your own. But if you are under 12 and you've got an adult with you, that's absolutely fine. The 12A film that I watched, Expendables 3s, had the F word in it had over 200 people that were shot to bits and stabbed and everything else. Not only that, but in the trailers of the 12A, they showed a new film coming out called Sex Tape, where someone has sex with each other and then spreads the tape around the world. 12A, what are you doing? Makes me so angry. Sorry. (laughs) Bullies. Bullies. And not just people who kind of say nasty things. Yeah, that makes me angry. But particularly people go out of their way to belittle uh, belittle people. Really, really makes me angry as well. Uh, Tabloids we won't even mention. Uh, Politicians we won't even mention. And I have to put my family, you know. If I'm really honest, there are times when my family make me angry. My kids make me angry. My mum and dad make me angry. My brothers, I grew up with two older brothers. They really, really made me angry. And my wife makes me angry. And I know I make her angry as well. I call my wife, secretly, I call her my little Cinderella. Now, it's not just because she's a princess and she's... Lovely, and not just because he leaves her slippers over the place. But, partic- <laughs> no. 
The reason is, is because there's a certain time of the evening where things change. For, C- for Cinderella, it's midnight. For Ali, it's 10 o'clock. I know that if Ali's on the computer after 10 o'clock and she comes and asks me to, I don't know how to save this or I don't know how to do this, and I'm watching TV, if I just say, look, for goodness sake, I'm just watching TV, I know oh, it's going to go off. It's going to kick off. Because she's tired. And so that's partly my responsibility to get off my backside and go and help her because I know she's getting frustrated. It's partly her responsibility to realise, 10 o'clock, I need to be in bed. So... It's a two-way process. I've been very impressed this summer listening to the talks from the front of how people are very honest. You know, uh, Dominic Cole and Paul last week and that sort of stuff. So I'm going to be honest today as well. And, you know, we struggle sometimes. We are not a perfect marriage. I don't think anyone's got a perfect marriage. Sometimes we do just... And we have to just come back. So let's see what we're going to do today. So three things today that we're going to look at very quickly. Uh, what is anger? Why do we get angry? And how do we deal with it? How do we actually do with it? And I'm going to do something very practical later on, which you can take away with you. I love sermons, which are not just you know, great to listen to, but actually they're going to change your life, hopefully. And hopefully today I'm going to give you something which you can go away and play around with later as well. So three points. What is it? Uh, why do we get angry? And, uh, and how do we deal with it? So anger. I personally feel, and you may disagree with this, I personally feel that getting angry is okay. It's a feeling. I can't help my feelings sometimes. If I'm watching Surprise, Surprise, and there's someone come out and they haven't seen each other for 30 years, I'm going to start crying. I don't know why I do it, but I do. Because it's a feeling that comes over me. And there are things in life that are going to make me angry. And if I suppress my anger, I will not get angry. That's not right. It's a feeling. My dad used to say to me when I was growing up, don't get angry. And at the time, I just thought, oh, oh, But now, sometimes I say it to my kids, don't get angry. And I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. No, you, I have to let you get angry. You know, let's look at it. I mean, Jesus himself got angry. You know, Matthew, uh, Matthew 21, verse 12 where he goes into the temple and he turns over the tables. There's an anger there. I'm sh- pretty sure Jesus didn't go in and go, come on, guys. Let's, you know, let's think about what we're doing here. He got angry, you know. Yeah, okay, he didn't go in and smack them in the face, which again wouldn't be a very helpful way of dealing with anger, but there was an anger inside of him. And therefore, being angry is okay. Well, I think we have to recognise that, that we're not superhumans, we do get angry. But how do you deal with that anger? This is the main thing that I want to focus on this morning because actually there's a difference between being angry and there's a difference between unleashing your anger on anyone that's close by or doing some physical damage or swearing at someone in the car, whatever it may be. So it's how do we deal with that anger? But I really want to stress that I think anger is okay. We all get angry every now and again. And for those of you who don't ever outwardly show your anger, I wonder what's going on inside. Because actually sometimes, and Ali will agree with this, sometimes I think it's really helpful to have a go and shout at each other and actually let it out. Yes, okay, we might hurt each other and we need to reflect on that and and apologise and forgive each other. 
But actually there's a sense that actually it's out in the open rather than just holding it all in, holding it all in, and eventually it will explode one day. So really encourage you to, to think about that. But actually anger is okay. It's what we do with it that really matters. For those of you uh, who have heard me talk to before, I, I love icebergs. And we're looking at why do we get angry. And I use the icebergs illustration a lot at school because I, I love it illustration of working with young people. And that sense that actually, you know, in a sense, when we come to church, and we're very good at this church at being open and being honest, but actually when we come to church, we want people to see the white bit at the top. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? You had a good week? Yeah, great. We want people to see that little bit at the top. We don't want anyone to know all the stuff that's going underneath. It would be a nightmare if we gave all that away. We want to hold on to that. We want to show people the white bit. And I've said this before in talks at all, but um, you know, we're very good at bringing things to the cross and giving our things to God. But the trouble is with Christians is we tend to take them away again, put them in our bags and carry on dragging them around with us. <laughs> And what we need to do is we need to start to sift through this stuff that is hidden. And, and, and we're good at it in this church. I have to say we're good at it. We're much more open than, I, than some of the churches I've been in, where it is just this glaze and everyone's like, well. And actually, it's good to be real. It's good to actually be honest. And, and sometimes it's good to go up to people and say, look, I'm really sorry, but you've offended me. Oh, my goodness, I didn't realize. And just be honest with people. And so when we look at where our angers come from, I don't believe we're born angry. Yes, it's that whole kind of thing of you know, environment or whether we're born with things. But generally speaking, we grow up in environments where we experience different types of anger. This kid that threw the chair out the top of the window, you know, he had a horrendous background. He watched his dad punch his mum uh, his, his to bits when he was like three or four years old. That doesn't just go away. That goes deep down inside of him. And he struggles to do that. And so the first question today is about anger. Is What are the things that press your buttons? What are the things in your relationships, in your families, in your work colleagues, that, that when someone presses that button, there's something that fires up inside of you? That might be your own insecurities. That might be things that have happened to you in the past. Who knows what goes on underneath? But actually, when I work with young people at school, we like to turn it on its head. I don't actually, I'm not that bothered about the the white bit at the top. I want to know what's actually going on under sieve, because that's 90% of the problem. And so when we talk about anger, what are the things that get you rattled? What are the weak spots that you have? What are the things that actually, it doesn't take very much to light that fuse and bang, it's gone inside of you. Just take a few moments just to think about that. What is it that's going on underneath? Fortunately, we have a God. We have Jesus. And that's an amazing thing for Christians. And we need to actually get hold of that even more. Because actually, we only have to look at the world at the moment. It's in dire, dire state. And we have the answer. Not to a perfect life, but to a life where actually we can deal with our stuff. For many, many people, they drag a bag around with them with hundreds and hundreds of situations and relationships and and issues with their family, and they just drag it through their day. And of course, it's really, really stressful, and it weighs them down. As Christians, of course we have our own bags, but we should have little carrier bags, little rucksacks, because actually our God can deal with those things really deep down, the roots of it. 
They can rip out the root, not just prune it, but rip out the roots. And we need to allow the God to do that. And part of that is about us actually being honest. Honest with ourselves and honest with each other as well. Let's look at anger itself then. How do we deal with it? This is, I'm just gunning this because this is a very, very easy six steps to anger. And I want you to think about the last time you really got angry. I mean really got angry. Um, maybe you can't think that back that far, which is brilliant. But think about a time when you got angry. And I'm going to use an illustration of just leaving late to get to a meeting and you're driving to that meeting. Okay? These are the six steps that generally happen in your system when you go through it. Step number one, a frustration. You're late. Before you've even left the house, you're late. The frustration's already been laid as your foundation of your anger. We all get frustrated. Little tiny things frustrate us. That's the first step. Second, something is now blocking me. Your frustration has now led to a blockage. For that, it might be slow traffic, like it was this morning when I was trying to get the USB stick back to the church. For something else, it might be uh, someone else in, 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 at work with you who's blocking you now. They're, they're disagreeing with you. It might be your spouse, whatever it might be. But something has now blocked you. And so you start to demand. You start to take control of this situation. Get out of my way! I don't agree with you. Why should you make me do that? Why have you said that to me? And we start to lay our demands in front of that person or in front of the traffic, whatever it might be. Number four, we start to blame others. Not blame ourselves for leaving the house early or not checking the USB stick was actually working before I left this morning and not emailing it anyway just to double check. I start to blame others. Why are you going so slowly? I've got to get back to church to speak. We're blaming other people for our issue. We blame our spouse because they've accused us of doing something or they, they've miscommunicated it. And so it's your fault, not mine. And we blame others. As we go up higher, punishment. Now the punishment comes. It's the swear word. Sometimes it's a hit. Sometimes it's a throwing of something, whatever it might be. Someone deserves to be punished for this. Because I'm angry. And eventually you get to six. Boom. Now notice, the higher you go up the steps, the dangerous it becomes. The higher it is, the more it's going to hurt when you fall off. And this is just a simple step process of what happens to us. You know, we really need to learn to get out here. We need to learn that, yes, we're getting angry, at frustrated at that first step. But what can I do with that frustration there? What can I do with it? Do I need to walk away from this situation? Do I need to just stop and take a breath? Do I need to pray? Do I need to say sorry, whatever it might be? We need to learn to get off the step quicker. Because some people, and I see this at school all the time, and in my own life, that actually they just go straight up the steps. They don't even think about what they're doing. It's like a default mode. Straight up. And it is destructive because actually, as I said before, the higher you go up, the worse it gets. So let's look at some Proverbs. If you've got your Bibles with you, you might want to turn to some of these. I've just uh, listed about four or five Proverbs which, I've, uh, which all seem to talk about a similar thing. A similar thing in, around, in regards to anger. And then we're going to watch a, a, a very short video clip which is just a, a fantastic illustration of some of the things that these Proverbs 
say. First one is Proverbs 14, verse 29. And it says this, A patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. Really thinking about patience, about self-control, about stopping in a situation rather than just bundling on in and just shooting up those steps. Stopping and being patient and thinking about what's going on. Proverbs 15, verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I used to find this. I used to work for Marks and Spencers uh, when I left school. And uh, I used to be a supervisor in Bromley, Bromley store. And I used to find that pretty much every week you'd get one customer coming into the store who was prepared to give you a right old showing down just because you didn't have extra large in pants or something like that. So... And I used to learn very quickly that when someone gets angry at you, if you raise your voice up to their voice, it makes it worse because then they raise it up even more and then you raise and boosh. But if you can keep your voice really calm and low, it really winds them up. But actually, actually, it diffuses the bomb. It doesn't like the bomb. And so when people used to come up to me at Mark Spencer and go, excuse me, what... Why haven't you got any larges in this? I'm like, I'm really sorry. We're, we're out of stock at the moment. We have got some more. What, but what? Every week I come in here and every week. And then everybody else, once again, all the people, oh, oh, look, something's going on. And I used to just really try. Look, I'm really sorry, sir. But there is, what, but I don't, don't I'm really, look, I, I, there are some more coming in. If you want me to give you a name. But, well, you can't be, and slowly they bring themselves down. Whereas actually if I go up to theirs, they're ready for a fight. They want to bring it on. And so that, that's a really important proverb. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Really try to bring it down. Don't take it up. Proverbs 15, verse 18 as well. Again, a hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man calms the quarrel. Very similar words. Keep it calm. Don't raise it up. Proverbs 19, verse 11 says this. A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offence. What an amazing proverb. Overlook an offence. Don't let things rattle you. Those buttons that are inside of you, if someone presses them, why do you need to? Why can't you just actually say, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to step back from that. Overlook an offence. Remember that actually, that's a better way of dealing with it. You don't have to defend yourself. You can just overlook it. And finally, Proverbs 22, verse 24. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered. Pretty blunt, isn't it? But you know that in your workplaces... In your neighbourhood, actually the people that really get angry all the time, why would you want to be around those people? You want to be around people that actually are self-controlled, are calm, are a good influence on people. And we see that at school, you know, the ones that always lose it in the classroom, they're kind of not a bit of a laughing stock because people almost try and wind them up so they lose it. They want to see that reaction in people. I'm going to show you a video clip now. 
It's fantastic. I found it on YouTube. Uh, I think it's in Russian. Anyone who speaks Russian will understand what's happening. That may offend you, actually, if you understand what's happening. But um, it's an illustration of, I think they're on a train, and the the guard of the train has uh, obviously um, uh, upset this man. I think he hasn't paid for his ticket, whatever it may be. But look at the contrast between the man that's absolutely losing it and the self-control of the guard. It's unbelievable self-control. Have a look at this. Oh, you understood that? Oh, yes. Did he swear a lot there? Ah, fantastic. Thank you. What was it? Is that Russian? Oh, Dutch. Oh, sorry. Sorry. What a beautiful country Holland is. Unbelievable, though, isn't it? Unbelievable. Now, you notice what was happening around them. People started to leave. People were always kicking off. We don't want to stay here. But when you watch that clip, and this is what sometimes I have to reflect on my own anger, because if I videoed when I lose it and I play it back to myself, I would be ashamed. I would really be ashamed. And when you look at that clip, you know, the guy, that guard, what unbelievable self-control. That guy was in his face right there, spitting in his face. But he didn't do anything. He could have easily put him into a headlock or whatever it might be. He could have punched him or everything. But self-control, how incredible that was. But that's it. I want to aspire to be that calm. When things are kicking off around me, I have the calmness about it. Here's some fantastic wise quotes. We talked about uh, you know, looking at the Bible as one of our options. We're going to look to God in the moment, but we're also saying about other people as well. Here's some fantastic quotes. Uh, some of them you'll know, and some of them may have not seen before. Getting angry is actually punishing yourself with the mistakes of others. Really just stop and read these through, because some of these are quite profound. Getting angry is punishing yourself with the mistakes of others. You know, uh, I saw another clip on YouTube where this uh, psychologist was talking about anger, and he talked about, um, he gave the illustration of Iron Man. You know, Iron Man has this kind of power pack right here. And he talked about this illustration where actually we all have this power within us when it comes to anger. The question is, is whether you give it away and you unleash your anger and let your power go from you, or whether you hang on to it. Because actually, as you just saw in that clip, it's much, much better to hang on to that and deal with it yourself, rather than giving it away. The mistakes of others. Nelson Mandela said, resentment is like drinking poison and hoping it will kill your enemies. How powerful is that? And that's it, isn't it? Actually, it's about resentment. 
You know, resentment just fills up your life. It's that, it's that bag again. You just shove it in your bag and you start to carry resentment. And you see this a lot on the news. You know, you see when people have had things go wrong in their life, whatever, they take resentment on that person that's made it difficult for them or has been angry at them and they hold on to that resentment and they drink the poison hoping it's going to kill the other person. But actually there's only one person that's suffering. The other person's moved on. Now, I've given this illustration before, and I, and I did this when I, uh, I've been married before. And with my ex-wife, when she left, there was so much resentment inside of me that wanted to make her suffer for what she's done. I was the one who was suffering, not her. Yes, she was suffering in her own way, but I was the one who was suffering. I had to let it go. And resentment is just like that. Give the poison away. Throw it away. Don't drink it yourself. Here's a great one, and it is from Buddha, but we like to respect other religions as well. Holding on to anger is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone else. You are the one who gets burned. How powerful is that? You're going to get burned. And finally, the most wisdom person of all, apart from Jesus, Yoda. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. Just a throwaway comment in Star Wars, but there's so much in that phrase. So much. There's a lot of fear in anger as well, a lot of fear. It's all that that iceberg again, isn't it? So, just to bring things to a close, I'm going to give you something very, very practical to go away with. This is something that I use at school quite a lot and it works for adults as well as it works for young people. And in fact, I've really tried hard to do this in my own life uh, and it's based on a thing called the temperature gauge. Weirdly, temperature has the word temper in it. So it's very, very easy to remember. And it's very, very simple. You basically just uh, think about your own body and you think about a scale from naught to 10. Naught is very, very calm like you are now. No problems at all. And 10 is losing it. Something's really, really wound you up. And the idea is, is that actually as you get into a situation that's making you angry, your temperature rises. Literally your temperature rises, but on the gauge your temperature goes up and up until you lose it. I reckon that actually around the sort of 7 mark is where there's no go back. You know, it's like it's too late. Shut down. See red. You know, from naught to seven, you can do something about it. You know, this is what some people say. They come and see me at school and they say, Andy, I can't control my anger. And I say, I don't believe that. I don't believe that's an excuse. Every single person can control their anger. Yeah, it's flipping hard, but you can control it. Don't say to yourself, I can't control my anger. Because your brain will just go, yep, can't control your anger. And when you get in a situation, straight to ten. And so seven is kind of the cutoff point. And so they talk about... What are the signs? And this is something very physical that you can do. When you're getting angry, what are the physical signs that are happening in your body? It might be the start of clenching your fists. It might be your heart starting to race faster. It might be, you know, um, getting restless. It might be your language actually changes. It might be punching. Something changes physically in your body as you start to get angry. And those things are going on between 0 to 7. They will start to happen as soon as that thing blocks you. As soon as that situation happens, you'll start to change physically. And this is the thing that I try to do, is I try to recognize what were my signs. Because we're all different. Some people clench fists. 
Some people start to pace. You know, we're all different. What are your signs of you getting angry? Once you know the signs, you can do something about it. Now, it might take a few goes to do this, but as you start to increase up the list, you can start to recognize that you are getting angry. And when you're getting angry, remember the steps? Get off. You've got to actually learn to get out before seven. If you just stand there and engage with an argument or engage with a road rage or engage with your kids, you're just going to shoot up to number 10. There's no actual awareness of what you're doing physically. But if you can actually stop and say, I'm starting to get angry, I need to get out of here. And it's important that you get out of that situation. Now the trouble is, you've still got this adrenaline pumping around your body, and so you have to release it. Now, at sometimes at school, they go up to a locker and go smack in the locker. That's not helpful. It's going to damage your hand. It's going to damage the locker. You've got to find healthy ways of releasing it. And again, we're all different. It might be screaming into a pillow. Don't annoy the neighbours, but scream into a pillow. It might be going out for a run. It might be just getting out of the house and going for a walk. It might be, I don't know, punch bag in the garage. Whatever you find helpful. Just ripping up old magazines. Something to release that adrenaline. Because if you're walking around the house and you've just walked away from the argument, you're like, and then you're likely to smack something, that's dangerous. So you've got to find a way of releasing that. But the first couple of times you try it, you'll shoot straight to number 10. But come back and say, right, where should I have got out of this situation? And if I'm honest, it happened this morning at home before we came here. And Ali got out exactly at number two. It was brilliant. It was like, great, I'll use that in my illustration tool. But it was great because she got out. Now, sometimes she doesn't. She goes straight to 10. But she got out at number two. She recognized that this is going to lead to an argument. I'm going to get out. Brilliant. You can do it the next time. And the next time it will be a bit lower. And next time. And of course you're going to lose it sometimes. You're not human if you don't lose it sometimes. But actually, you can get out at a lower stage. And if you can live your life from naught to four... Getting frustrated, getting angry, but saying, right, I'm angry now. I need to do something about this. Get out. Then come back and resolve it. Come back and say sorry. Come back and forgive someone. Do the things that you need to do as well, but actually get out. Now, if you can do that, your life's going to be less stressful. The people that just go straight to 10, straight to 10, straight to 10, because someone's pressing their buttons because of their issues that are underneath and they're not going to go there. They just have stressful lives. It's always stressful. Be the people in your lives who are light in darkness. Because people watch you. They're watching you at work. They know you're Christians, hopefully. They're going to watch everything you do. And if you're someone that when someone is shouting at you in the face, or someone has said something that's really rattled to you, you can say, you know what? I'm not going to get involved in that. I'm going to walk away from this. I'm going to try and deal with it somewhere else. And so we come to the end of our talk. And I just want to leave you with three things. And then Nigel's just going to finish off and we're going to have time of ministry. You know, we've looked at the Bible. We've looked at what Proverbs says. Proverbs makes it very clear that we need to be self-controlled. We need to actually be patient. We need to actually be wary about people that are angry. We've looked at others. We've looked at some very incredible wise sayings. And now... We're going to look to God because actually, as Christians, we believe that God can change us. 
Yes, we have to do something about it as well. But God can give us that power to change. No one in this room has to stay the way they are if they're not happy with how things are going. You can change. And there's three things I want to just put to you this this morning. And you can think about whether any of these make any difference to you or whether they don't. Number one is maybe you need to say sorry. Maybe you are the person that has unleashed your anger on someone. It might be someone in this church. It might be your spouse. It might be your brother. It might be your mum or dad. It might be a colleague at work. But actually, you need to say sorry. They didn't deserve your anger, your stuff, your buttons. They might have pushed the buttons, but the buttons were there already. You need to say sorry. You need to put it right. You need to own up and say, you know what? I shouldn't have said what I said. I'm sorry. Maybe you need to forgive someone who has been angry at you. Maybe this was 20 years ago. Maybe this was this morning. Maybe this is with mum and dad. Whoever it might be, someone has been angry towards you and you've taken that anger and you've held that resentment for years. And you need to forgive them. You know, we talk about forgiveness in this church. It's one of the most powerful things that will transform your life. Remember that forgiving someone isn't letting them off the hook. It's healing you. When you forgive someone, you let them go. And it's about you healing. It's not about them. It's got nothing to do with them. But you need to make a physical act of forgiving them. And sometimes that person may have passed on, but you can still forgive them. But we have to forgive. The Bible teaches, forgive others as I have forgiven you. We want to be forgiven. We know how that feels to be forgiven. We need to let people go. And so maybe people in your life have made you so angry because of their anger and you've held on to that resentment. And you maybe right now can think about that person because it's right there, niggling underneath, right in that iceberg. Let it go. And thirdly, maybe, and we think we could all do this, is a bit more self-control. To allow God to really work in our lives, that actually in those situations that really rattle us, we are the ones that are showing self-control. You will stand out like a sore thumb if you can take self-control because people will be egging you on to go on. No, I'm not going to get involved in this. I'm going to walk away from the situation. I don't need to be right here. So think about it. Saying sorry Forgiving someone, showing more self-control. Remember, anger is okay. It's a feeling. It's what you do with it that really counts. And I've tried to get that into my life. I've tried to work harder at self-control. I don't get it right all the time, but the times I do get it right, I reward myself and say, brilliant, I did it well then. That's really, really important. Thank you so much, Andy, for just a fantastic talk. Um, so much practical wisdom, so many things I identified with in there. We were on holiday last week. I had to say sorry to my family at least. Uh, several times. <laughs> um, why don't we just take a minute to invite the Holy Spirit to come and just to search our hearts. Andy has um, given us some things, some possible responses, and it may be that the Lord wants to just... But, 
Guys, one, one thing I just want to just underline is that this, is, this was, was a brilliant talk, but it wasn't just a self-help talk. It's not just self-help. This is God help. That's why we're looking at Proverbs. The wisdom is from the Lord. And as Andy said, you know, the, the, the Lord is here to help. And so wherever we're at on that spectrum, wherever we're, whatever our response is, it needs to be a, a, a kingdom and a, and a Holy Spirit response. Um, so let's just invite the Holy Spirit to come. He's already here anyway. Um, but f- Holy Spirit, we just ask you to search, help us to search our hearts. Uh, we invite you uh, again as we reflect on this talk and we reflect on our own lives and what's going on with ourselves. We invite you to come and show us. Can you just leave that last slide up for me, guys? Just the one with the uh, the, the different sort of responses on it. And, we, and Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come and show us. Who, who is it that we need to say sorry to? Is there anyone that we need to say sorry to? And if there is, Holy Spirit, would you just bring that person or those people and that situation into our minds? And uh, is there anybody that we need to forgive? Holy Spirit, would you lead us? You lead us. This is all about you. And uh, and so for some of us, we do need to ask for more self-control. And again, if this Holy Spirit, would you just quicken our hearts if that's us? Would you quicken our hearts? We just acknowledge that you're the boss here. You're in control. You're in charge here. And we want uh, your ministry. And so, Lord, if there's anything that you want to say, we just open ourselves to you. And we ask that you would lead us. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us to Jesus. And leads us to the Father. And leads us to truth. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And he is leading us now. So we'll just wait. We'll just wait and see what he wants to do. Just to echo very quickly what um, Nigel just said after a brilliant talk, that the Holy Spirit, two of his gifts to you, they're gifts to you, he is inside you, they are gifts to you, are patience and self-control. He's given those to you. They are his gifts for you, inside you, right now. Thank you. Can you worship, guys? Do you want to come? And what we're going to do is... uh, we're just going to offer, I just want to offer you guys a, an opportunity to respond. Now, it may be that the first response is to say sorry to someone and that person's here. And it may be that now's a really good time just to go and sensitively and gently go and do that. Um, don't be afraid to get out of your seat and go and see somebody if you know that there's somebody in the room that you need to say sorry to. But it may be that, that person isn't here. And so it's an opportunity to just to take that back to God in your heart and to sort of make a plan to go and make a phone call or send a text or um, go and see someone. So maybe that's your response and that's what the Holy Spirit would have you do this morning. I mean, it, may, it may be that uh, the response is to forgive someone. And as Andy said, forgiveness is all about us. That person doesn't have to be in the room or anywhere near for you to release forgiveness. And it may be that you're struggling with that, but you know that's what you need to do. And if it would help, uh, we would love to just stand with you and pray with you as you do that. And so maybe uh, what I would love to invite you to do is just to come down the front. And uh, there's nothing special or magic uh, about this area. Um, but there is something significant about taking a physical step from where you are and just saying, yeah, this is me and I need help with this. 
And maybe it's a case of just coming and standing as the guys lead us and, uh, and releasing forgiveness. And if you struggle with that, somebody will come and just pray with you and help you with that. And it may be the third one that you just need to ask the Lord for more self-control. You know that this is an area that God is talking to you about and that you need, just need to, again, you know, you can do that in your seat and God will meet you and he will bless you and he will answer your prayers but it may be that um you want to take take the go the extra step and just make a physical response and say yes i really need that and it's it's funny like i said there's nothing special or magic about coming down the front but when you do make a physical response it's symbolic of what's going on in our hearts and if that's what you want to do this morning we would love to just facilitate that for you so if, uh, if you come into any of these categories and you want to just come um, and have someone come pray with you or just stand uh, before the cross and just uh, respond, please feel free to come and do that now. Uh, we would love you to do that. And there will be some people who also come, some ministry folks who also come and just stand and pray with you. And as the guys start to play, why don't you do that? Holy Spirit, we thank you for your, your work here. And for those of us who need to come and respond to you, and for those of us who need help, uh, who need to just come, would you come, would you come meet with us now? And if that's you, just come out. There's plenty of space. And we'd love to have you here. And let's have some folks come. Let's have some folks from life groups come. Feel free to come. That's great. Just There's plenty of space and there's plenty of time. And let's have some life group folks coming and just ministry folks coming and praying. That would be great.